0: Let you know about a um, a major conviction that we had that is seen clearly in the new testament and it's why we're able to do what we're doing tonight um, plurality of leadership is all through the new testament you just can't miss it god does not have rock star leaders that everybody else is just so glad that they are being led out of egypt by them um, there were teams of people the scripture says appoint elders plural in every city and, um, and so we have done that from the very beginning. Two of our um, other elders are not here tonight. One uh, had a plane that was canceled three times and we'll get in at three in the morning. And one is leading um, a large portion of our Frisco and Plano bodies up at a week-long uh, Watermark and Estes Park experience that starts today and tomorrow. And so that's where Brian is and Bo's on his way back. But I-, I wanna let you know that Watermark's leadership is not uh, Todd, it's not even Todd and Greg and Blake and Tyler and Kyle and and, uh, Connor on those campuses. It's these five men that um, are the spiritual authority of Watermark. There's not a decision that's not made that the team of us are not responsible for and accountable to um, throughout the over meta direction of the church. And then also as we delegate out all kinds of authority to our staff and to our body, Uh, because we don't really believe in a clergy-lay distinction. This is the team of men that shepherd and have shepherded Watermark with me from the beginning. You're going to meet a few more and hear the whole story if you're not familiar with that. But I want you to know that we don't have an imperial wizard pastor, and uh, (laughs) that these guys love me and are grateful for my gifts, but they are not impressed by me, uh, nor do they, uh, much time to my chagrin, uh, do they give favor to my opinion over their own. Um, this is team leadership the way I think the New Testament designs it. And then I will say one last thing. We have hundreds of men and, and, and women leading at Watermark that are doing significant shepherding, that are not in the office because of elder, because of the amount of time that we get together. We spend um, every Monday morning together. Uh, we, as guys, meet just before seven, and then the campus pastors all come and join us at eight, Uh, and then we are together usually at one or two other uh, gatherings a week. Um, We have community with our wives on Thursdays and other ministry events we share, and then every Friday we're together just to pray for the body. And, um, And so because we can't get a lot of schedules to sync up, these are the five that I'm with every single week like that that are leading in that way, but we have what you will see tonight men and women that serve in the role of community shepherds, which in effect are doing what elders do in terms of function. But just the office, in terms of getting us all together as regularly, it's not a large number. But these are men, and the way we've chosen to do it is is there's only one person on staff uh, that really, in a sense, the body is providing uh, for their family in this particular role. We think that there's just... We're we're able to do it because of... of the wealth of spiritual maturity that's here and we think there's some health to that if we can and so David and Dean and Bo and Brian um, now are the men serving in that role and we also don't believe in term limits we don't think you should be a pastor for two years and get rotated out we think you should be a pastor until um, you can get out of the way because somebody either can do your gift better or there's some reason tragically that you're no longer fit to serve or Um, there is a transition for some other reasons and we'll have some conversation about that even tonight. But I I just wanna let you know, this is not an elder board. This is not guys I report to. This is not a corporate structure. This is plurality of leadership that we think is consistent um, with what the New Testament begs us to to walk in. And uh, we understand that as our relationship and love for one another and intimacy with Christ goes because of the role that we're in, um, it's either going to be a blessing to you or a burden. And we are humbled by the privilege to serve you in this way. And so, thank you is really, I think, the way we want to start. Yeah. And it's just thank you for the privilege of um, getting to serve this community of faith, which is a glory to God uh, in the role that we're in.
1: Yeah, awesome. So, um, I'm a roadmap guy, I like to know where I'm going, so I want to lay out where we're headed in the next little smidge of time together, and then, uh, and then we'll dive into it. So what, what we want to cover tonight, um, we've got some, some leadership updates we want to share with the body. Um, God has been doing amazing things at our campuses, right? We've got Plano and Frisco and Fort Worth and Dallas campus, and we want to share with you um, just some highlights of uh, incredible ministry that God is doing through through you guys here and through our affiliate uh, the campuses r- uh, around the Metroplex. We want to update you guys, make sure everybody's clear on what we're thinking about community and how, we're, how we've made some, um, some transitions in the last 12 months and what that's going to look like going forward as it relates to community. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about where we're, uh, like we did this morning, if you were here this morning uh, on the external focus, where are we reaching outside of our, uh, of our walls? And then we want to talk a little bit about the 4D data, the 4B data. Uh, share some things, some we think some things that were interesting and encouraging from the 4B data. And then we'll touch on finances real quick, and then we'll and then we'll wrap it up. And hopefully if we've got time left over, we'll get to pray together for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so that said, that's where we're headed. And I'm going to pass it back over to Todd to cover the first item.
0: Okay, so here it is. So this is the picture of the guys that are in this role. We have uh, mocked each other uh, relentlessly. Bo has not had hair for a number of years. And so... <laughs> Uh, and they're convinced that that picture makes me look too young. So, And we think Dean should show the world he has teeth. Exactly. So other than that...
2: <laughs> and let's be honest. You, you still claim that your picture's less than two years old. I, I think
1: absurd. it is. No okay, case. well... There's, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. You look like you're 12. Okay. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, I will update it with an old man-looking picture <laughs> and, uh, and get that done as quickly as possible. But here's the thing is... Um, as, you know, um, after tonight, this is what our elder team will look like, um, and that is because uh, after almost 20 years of uh, serving in this role, uh, Dean and Tawny have for the last year really been praying about the best way for them to continue to steward their days and ministry and leadership. Now, you're going to hear us talk a little bit tonight about where God has us as a body in terms of what we think our responsibility is. And, um, and part of where we are as a community that has been faithful in our Jerusalem and our Judea, as we continue now to uh, focus on our Samaria and other most parts of the world, Dean has a real passion to help provide some leadership there and is going to transition some of his leadership focus into what is called Watermark Resources, which you're going to hear a lot more about in just a moment, as well as, um, you know, just Uh, feeling like it's just at a time in his life, as as Watermark has grown, the weight of information and detail we're processing, uh, he just says, I feel like I can better serve the body in a specific way. Now, here's something that we're going to do. We, by God's kindness, have never had somebody roll off our elder team um, because of moral failure. And we're really, really grateful for that. We uh, have never wanted um, Brett johnson or scott coy or kyle thompson uh who had also served in this role in the past to transition but um in in the case of brett and scott with some career situations going on scott was starting a new business brett was working three four days a week out of town um they were not able to meet with us and shepherd that way and so years ago um, they transitioned off the elder team kyle thompson about two years ago got to a place where he was um he felt like that his gifts in leadership could best be used um, in a way other than the current elder role. And all of these men have continued to stay with us. Scott was on our staff uh, for years. Um, Brett has continued to lead in different ministries that we have had, but not in this office. And Dean and Tawny will continue to. But what we're doing now is we feel like we have got um, this group of men that are still fully vested. Kyle Thompson is one of our campus shepherds. We'll explain what that means in just a second up in Frisco. And so we are going to bring those guys back together in what we're calling elder emeritus, okay? And so these are the men that have served in the role of pastoral leadership of Watermark. When you think elder, think pastor, because biblically the term is exactly the same. And these are men that are still a member of our body, that are still leading in ministry, that have all the moral qualifications. And what we're doing is we're asking them to be a resource to us, to be places and to provide leadership and to provide shepherding and care um, for us in a way that will allow the four of us that remain in the role of senior leadership to continue to do some of the things that we're doing. And so it's not, uh, we won't report to them, they will not uh, be the senior leadership of the church, we're just saying these are men that are worthy of Hebrews 13, 17, Um, imitate them, okay? Uh, and 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 follow them, and we want you to know that we still see them in that role, and collectively we'll use them to further care and represent and encourage represent the leadership and encourage the body a lot of times. And so we're just actually going to put that on the on the website because now they're there, and we look back and we go, oh my goodness, Scott just transitioned off the of staff. Um, he's now working uh, privately in, in providing some spiritual leadership with a company, as well as helping with a church. Uh, network, also in shepherding some of their pastors. Um, And and Dean's, like I said, involved with Green Gage. Kyle's up there uh, leading in uh, Frisco. And Brett is is part of our community development corp, which you'll hear more about tonight. So anyway, we're just putting them together and saying, guys, we're going to give you opportunities to continue to lead without having to do some of the things that we're doing day in and day out. So that's where Dean will go. We'll pull him off that one list and and have him resurface over there. Dean, anything that you would say to that other than, um, you know, I just said, you know, Dean doesn't want to make this tonight a thank you Mm -hmm. to him. And David said, well, that's why he shouldn't have left. We wouldn't have had to thank him if he just (laughs) stayed here and kept serving. And so we're not really going to turn this into a love bombardment of Dean. We'll celebrate that in other ways. But I will tell you, um, I said in 2001, when we multiplied the leadership out, the guys and gals that founded Watermark, we did not believe the way to name spiritual leaders was the first eight people who showed up were gonna be the spiritual leadership of the church. And so what we decided to do was those humble leaders said, what we're gonna do is stay here, Todd, and surround you until we can find at least two other individuals, two other men that will lead with you. And that's what they did. It was Brett, it was Kyle, it was Dean. And then later we added Scott to that number. And that was in July of 2001, about 18 months after we started. We had identified these guys uh, both in terms of character and time and biblical qualifications and ministry giftedness. And Dean and I have been at it now all along the way. And uh, this is not a happy day for me uh, because I'll see my friend. He's still going to meet with us to pray on Friday mornings uh, and do community with us still. But uh, we'll really meet, miss him in, in some other ways that we continue to lead together. But, um, but that's a transition that is happening that uh, will be effective at 6.30 tonight.
2: Yeah, and one I'm super excited yeah. about. Honestly, Tony and I both are just thrilled about what God has for us in this next season of life. We have seven grandchildren. I think you've heard me say that before. Uh, what a gift that is. We wanna be available to continue to build into them. Uh, Todd's mentioned Watermark Resources and that really makes my heart beat uh, heavily, But nothing makes my heart beat more than, than the local church. The Ephesians 3.10, that the manifold grace of God is going to go out through the whole world through the local church. And so we're going to be about that until the Lord calls us home. And we're going to be about it right here with you. And what a gift it is to, to be a part of that. And this elder emeritus thing is really exciting to me. And I think I speak for the other fellows as well. From this st- standpoint, we know the responsibility. They've all sat in these seats. We know the amount of ministry continues to grow. It's incredible. You're gonna hear some amazing things of what God has given, giving us the opportunity to participate in. And so all that Emeritus is about is leveraging these men, leveraging them further in ministry, in leadership, in leadership development, uh, opportunities locally and domestically and around the world. So we could not be more excited about that. Uh, Kyle and I had a chance to just introduce this idea to the Frisco campus this morning, and, and we are thrilled. Really, really thrilled about that. So, um, on behalf of Tony and I, I, just really want to say thank you for the privilege it's been to steward this responsibility. And I'm, I'm really, really excited about the future of the church and the men that are carrying it on. So, um, that's cool. That's it. We'll move into our time and keep going. So,
0: okay. So, um, yeah. Amen. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Excellent. you, didn't want it, you should have left, all right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Love you, buddy. Love you, buddy. <laughs> I,
0: I, I just, one more thing while we're on this topic. One of the most humbling things. We have, um, so emeritus is one of those kind of strange words. What's it really even mean? It just means uh, one who is um, served faithfully and is still worthy of the work. It, used, it was used really of veteran military people. So, um, you know, they were, they were warriors emeritus, yep. so that you would acknowledge what they have done. And uh, one who receives specifically an honorable discharge. That's all it means. And uh, every one of these men have, have received an honorable relief of duty. <laughs> and um, that being said, one of the things we have done every single day is um, that we gather to pray. We always ask, Lord, Show us who the individuals are that should lead this amazing community of friends. And if there's somebody that will make us better, uh, you know, uh, knowing that adding one person requires a tremendous logistical shift. But we have always, we're always praying, Father, who, who are the individuals that can, that can help us serve people more? We, we pray that, we're praying that again now. We've never stopped praying that. And I wanna just let you know, There are all kinds of individuals, and we've had conversations with them, where we've said, we know you could do this. But we don't need a lot of us doing this because we can't all do it effectively if we're doing it, all of us doing it. And so all of us would just say to you again, I mean, thank you for letting us be in this role, and I hope you don't see us A, lord it over you, or make a big deal about the fact that we're in this role. Other than it's a big deal because leadership screws everything up. Or makes everything better. And Dean, you've made everything better. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I thank you. But pray with us. And anytime you go, guys, I think this individual could make you better. Please. That's always an appropriate email or conversation. Okay? Elders at watermark.org. That's our email address. Yeah. Okay? All right. Excellent. So uh, David, I think uh, let's just charge ahead and keep keep making this uh, this night, fun with all the stuff that we're going to look at. Um, campus Shepherds, I guess I'm up on this one. Yep. <laughs> uh, um, you know, so real, real quickly, I'll do this. We're, we're passing the slides back and forth. But this is, uh, Campus Shepherds are our way of um, making sure that we're s- spreading leadership out. Now, there's something called Community Shepherds. And this is, we think, by the way, the highest role for men and women to serve at Watermark. It's individuals who say, uh, we say we're one church, four four campuses, thousands of locations. Community shepherds are individuals that work with us and with our staff community leadership team to uh, make sure that the things that we're going to talk about a little bit later in the community area are being done and executed. We are preparing for the day when this is the Department of Political Correctness. And we no longer can gather corporately like this. And there's going to be thousands of churches all throughout this city. House churches, just like in underground churches in China. We assume that day is coming. And what we're trying to do is raise up faithful communities of Christ followers that are on mission all throughout the city. That's what our goal is for your community groups. And community shepherds are individuals that we meet with, that we encourage, and that we share the ministry with think exodus 18 leaders of thousands leaders of hundreds leaders of 50 leaders of 10. In, inside even that structure on our campuses we have individuals that are not elders that are accountable to the elders and that are executing the vision and values on every lo- local individual campus that um adhere to watermark's doctrine and values in every way and they teach and they coach and they minister to the campuses and the staff so every campus that we've had outside of Dallas has had campus shepherds that work with staff in the way that non-staff work with me here. Now, one of the exciting things is, um, you know, as you know, we, we transitioned um, our, our friend JP uh, to go celebrate him serving the Lord uh, south of here. And uh, we're so excited about the growth of that ministry and the growth of this ministry since that transition happened. Um, we. Uh, replaced, you know, uh, you know, i would say it this way. For the first time, we have somebody serving in a role in the Dallas area that is because of the lack of other responsibilities. Somebody is serving the campus of Dallas uh, the way that Frisco and Plano and Fort Worth have been served since they started. And that is Blake Holmes. Blake, obviously, you guys know, um, started um, our evening together, and you see Blake and his, his amazing presence. We have gotten increasingly better at everything we have done in the last six months under Blake's leadership. The way shepherding the Dallas staff, the way that he is, um, is 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 deploying and executing his leadership gifts. You know, Blake has been in charge of our Watermark Institute, and um, and continues to be the primary visionary leader of that. And you'll hear more what the Watermark Institute is in just a moment, but. Um, he has shifted more and more of his leadership gifts and his institutional knowledge and his love for Christ to leading our largest campus, which is Dallas. And um, Blake is, is in the process of adding around him some campus shepherds for the Dallas campus that serve in the same way that uh, Newley and, uh, well, the, the three, four guys do around Tyler, the three, four guys do around Connor, and the three, four guys do around Kyle up in Plano. So every campus has campus shepherds. Dallas is about to have some. And these are, uh, if you really want to know the macro level leadership of Watermark, there's the plurality of leadership here. There's the plurality of leadership on every local campus with with a a campus pastor and campus shepherds. And then there are people functioning as ministers and pastors in community shepherds. And if you want to know how we believe you can best serve our church, it's for you to say, I'm thriving in my walk with Christ, and I would like to help others thrive in their walk with Christ. And we would like to uh, get to know you and assimilate you into our community shepherd team. Now, some of you guys, I'd love to do that, but I'm leading in re I'm leading in, at the porch. I'm leading uh, in the children's ministry, dad, you. That's great, but I just want to let you know that if you want to know where we are humbled and grateful, it's our leaders of 50 <coughs> that are in the role of community shepherds. Uh, our campus shepherds are leaders of thousands, okay? Guys, what would you add to that?
2: Yeah, I think for me, I want to piggyback just for a second on uh, Blake and Rebecca Holmes. I mean, Blake has been an unbelievably effective uh, minister here at our church for a really, really long time. But this new role, you just love when a role hits a hand, you know, or a glove hits a hand, however you say that. I mean, he, he has just been unbelievably effective. In in, in this role and it's so helped us as elders it's it's helped our staff you know we're able to communicate much more effectively uh, with our staff because he's in all of our elders meetings but I just want to personally say thank you you guys uh, what a gift you are to this body and specifically how you are using your gifts right now buddy is amazing so thank you for that um, Todd, we're going to transition into the Dallas campus why, why don't
0: let's just do this, just to shift it around because it's going to look like just the way these are falling. Why don't you do Plano, you do Frisco in yeah. Fort Worth, and I'll, I'll, I'll hit Dallas on it.
2: All right, cool. Um, so amazing things happening in Plano. I mean, I'll, I'll start with one of my favorite things, and that's Quest Care Clinics. It's watermark urgent care now. But I, I think what's really fun, you, you know, oftentimes we as elders will uh, get approached by people and say, man, I had no idea. I had no idea we were doing this. I had no idea CLC was happening. I had no idea Awaken or Watermark Resources even existed. And tonight is to help you have an answer to that question. And so one of the things that's happened specifically in, uh, on the uh, Plano campus, as well as obviously Dallas for a long time, is these two Quest Care clinics uh, in the past year have seen over 10, th- I think it's the past year or is it since they started? Not it's past ten, year. Past past year. year 10,000 people have come through those clinics. It's unbelievable the opportunity we have, not just to meet physical needs, but spiritual needs of people. To share the gospel, to encourage them, uh, to help them have hope.
0: And so and Dean doesn't know, we talked about this this morning. Oh, you did? So most of Dallas has heard that this morning. Awesome. He this was morning. leading in Frisco yeah. this morning, which is like, how many times do you can are tell you in one that? day about that? Yeah. So, Good. so that particular thing about questcare they heard a lot Perfect. about that this morning.
2: Perfect, so uh, let me just say, under Kegler's leadership in Plano, you can imagine. It's an amazing campus. There are incredible things happening. Um, we could spend a lot of time. What I, what I will tell you is, their growth continues. Um, that, th- as you know, if you've never visited up there, it's a it's a beautiful facility. We have approximately a 1, uh, 1,500 people coming up there. Does that yeah, sound I think right? their
0: attendance is just under two thousand. And yeah. Plano is what launched Frisco. Exactly. We launched our Frisco campus underneath Plano's leadership. Um, there were six hundred members of Watermark that that were. Uh, that were from Frisco, 300 in Dallas, 300 in Plano, but we asked the Plano campus team to lead in developing and deploying um, and gathering the Frisco people before they actually launched. So the Frisco campus really launched launched out of our Plano campus. Mm-hmm. Although collectively, obviously, we all invested in them together. That's the big thing from. Uh, Plano last
2: year. And a couple of highlights, I know you, you heard from Jeff Ward this morning just about external focus and everything that's going on, but in, in Plano specifically, we, we have a, we're really focused on external focus and making an impact in that part of the city. The other thing too is the young adult ministry that's really exploded up there.
0: Yeah, we're about to start the porch, yep. Collin County. Yep. So uh, we have a specific new, you heard a lot about what we're doing in the Dallas County area with our external focus today, but we're about to launch that same thing in Collin County now um, through Plano and, and Frisco. Uh, and then also, we're going to do um, have a porch campus like we do in Fort Worth, now up in Collin County, that Frisco and Plano are going to share together. So that's pretty and exciting. And
2: they're in the beginning stages of, of their phase two planning. What do the next five to ten years look like for that facility? So pray with us and, and uh, certainly think about deploying resources in, in, for the
1: continued physical needs of, of the campuses as we grow.
0: Awesome. You want to hit? Uh, yeah, Fort Worth.
1: Uh, so Fort Worth, if you've, if you've not had a chance To visit our brothers and sisters in Fort Worth, I would encourage you, take a Sunday and drive out there west. You'll feel your blood pressure drop as you get kind of past Euless and the mid-cities. And and under Tyler Briggs, who's our campus pastor uh, in in, uh, Fort Worth and his campus, shepherd team. that ministry is thriving. They held this past year, um, they held for the first time two big conferences. They held a marriage conference and they held a women's uh, conference. And they had over 1,000 people come to these conferences and 50% of those people were not a part of Watermark. And so God is uh, using that campus to begin to get, to really begin to expand the kingdom in Tarrant County. They have, uh, they are uh, 20% of their members, so one in five, uh, are, have been through or are currently going through regeneration uh, to deal with their hurts, habits, and hang ups. And to, um, or, there's nothing magic about the program, but it's just a, a systemized way to work uh, a gospel centered recovery program. And 20% of their folks are, are in it or have done it. Uh, as they look forward to this year, there. Um, so the campus is located in an area called the Las Vegas Trail. It's a really under-resourced part of Fort Worth. And so, and literally the campus sits on a hill. It is a, I mean, you talk about Jesus' words, uh, you know, you, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. I mean, that's our Fort Worth campus. And so they're about to kick off this year a, a, a mentorship program for kids in that Las Vegas Trail. Kids that are a lot of times come home from school and have, uh, nobody's there. Kind of latchkey kids to really serve those families and those kids. Uh, They're super excited about uh, launching that. They're also um, like uh, in Plano. They're thinking about how to best steward the campus that God has given them, has given us, and given them in Fort Worth. And so as they think about moving their staff offices from leased space, they've brought that space back onto the campus. Right now they're kind of you know plastic tabling it and and just kind of huddling up there together to save resources to be good stewards. Uh, and they're looking forward to the day they can office uh, in a more uh, normalized setting up there. But, but, again, if you've not had a chance to go to Fort Worth, I cannot. Yeah. Really, frankly, if you've never visited our Plano campus, our Frisco campus, or our Fort Worth campus, that would be a great investment of your time. Because
0: I think this summer I would highly encourage everybody to pick a Sunday yeah, where they, they just hit at least one campus this summer other than Dallas so you can see the scope of ministry that you're involved with. And what we have done, there are two thriving, I hate to say it this way, mega churches, okay, which size is not always a sign of health. But I want to tell you, you're going to see a lot of health. Yeah. And it's humbling to see these communities um, serve the way Dallas has been served. Because members of our body have said we're going to stop gathering here to gather where we live so we can invite our friends and serve our city. Yeah. So how, I'm just curious, how many folks have never been to another campus except the Dallas campus? even just one time. Just raise your hand instead of curiosity. Yeah. All right, well, hey, I, I, hear us say that. That would bless you, for you one Sunday, if you're not serving, to grab your family and go, we're gonna, we're gonna drop in on Plano or Fort Worth or Frisco. Yeah. Frisco meets at Frisco High School, and the other two have actual campuses that we together have, um, have invested in to allow the Church of Jesus Christ to become more famous. Uh, you, you're pretty much done with Fort Worth? Yeah, man. So let me just say this. One of the things you might ask is, what's our plan? By the way, we are always, right now, we're meeting with a group of members of Watermark who happen to live east of Dallas. Um, there's folks in Arlington that have been asking us if we would consider doing something there. And one of the things you need to hear we are not interested in putting pins in the map. Okay? We're not trying to have a bunch of campuses. And even with our campuses that we have, we spend time with them weekly saying, hey, um, The only reason that we should stay one church in four locations is if it's best serving the causes of Christ. We don't wanna own you. We don't wanna take credit for you. We wanna see disciples made and Jesus become more famous. And so these are the things that have to exist for that to happen. There needs to be the right plurality of leadership present, which is one of the reasons that we have campus shepherds there with them because we're teaching that and modeling that and encouraging that. There has to be a membership that, is, that thinks and believes that they can thrive more without the, the benefit of us being interrelated the way that we are. And there has to be a means for that to happen. And so we are tracking, are these campuses self-sustaining? Are they able to, and, we, and, we're, and we're really helping each one of them know this, we don't want to put Watermark closer to you so you don't have to drive as far to church. What we want to see, and Frisco has been our greatest and latest example of this. Some people have moved twice away from buildings that they have invested in to make uh, ministry thrive so that they can thrive some more. And Now they're in a place where they're meeting at a high school again and they're passionately inviting their friends. This will give me a chance just to real quick do Frisco while we're on it and then we'll come back and hit Dallas. But just as you look at Frisco, there were over 100 men from Frisco this last year that were in um, summit groups. Uh, They've now got a place to gather at the end of the summer. They'll have a weekly office space that they can do some midweek ministries in, which they're really excited about. We've, um, we're starting to build out that staff. Some, uh, they, they had an amazing baptism celebration just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it is a thriving, I looked at some of our 4B data. It shouldn't surprise you that our members in Frisco, who are, who are now in the, in the community that they live in, uh, have the greatest percentage of invites, okay, uh, a number of people that they're inviting to come and see are on Frisco's campus because for the first time they feel unleashed to do that instead of saying, will you drive 30 minutes with me to go and gather with my friends to hear about Jesus? Now that they're there, the 4B data shows, there's a spike in Frisco of the number of folks that are taking advantage of something close where they can see the corporate gathering and love uh, of God's people together where truth can be taught. So um, our goal for each of these campuses is for them to thrive, not for us to be responsible for them, okay? Okay. So pray with us, pray for those local leaderships, um, that they would have a sense. Uh, We don't believe that we, um, just so you know, the only reason that we continue to feel good about this is I am meeting with um, leadership from those campuses every single week. That's why we're one church. Okay? And um, our staffs meet together, Uh, we share central office services, there's some economies of scale that have allowed us to ramp up in some ways, but if people ask, well, what's your plan with campuses? Our plan is to make disciples, increase the health of the local church, and not care about what we own or get credit for, okay? So back to the Dallas campus specifically, um, you know, I'm supposed to uh, lead on this one. Just a couple things, you guys. Our East Tower is fully online and functioning and thriving. We actually just finished um, our partnership with our friend Shane and Shane, who are on staff, but also uh, work with Worship Initiative, which is their effort to um, train worship leaders in uh, ministries around the country and world. Uh, We have uh, together built a studio over there. We are going to this year release our very first album with original music. Uh, You can tell that there are certain ministries that we don't think are full of theological health that are writing a lot of music that we even use and sing. And it makes people think, wow, they make good music. That must be a good place to uh, get other forms of teaching. And that isn't always the case. But we have gifted artists here. We have a studio here now. And so uh, we are going to begin to produce more and more original music for the church and, um, and and share that in a way that we think will give us even more opportunity to make disciples and influence the theological, doctrinal, uh, biblical, local church gathering in our country, which is a responsibility we have. So that's coming. Uh, we're starting this next year. This is looking forward in Dallas campus. Um, David Penny has been leading our student ministry in a way that I will tell you, having had five kids go through it and one that's still in it, in a way that I think it's the, it's the most amazing effort to make disciples out of young men and women. And by the way, we're in improving that. I'm really excited with what we're doing right now to make our discipleship of our high school students specifically even better. More information to come on that. But we're also now using David to start regeneration for students. We have seen, there's a lot of our, kids who are at Watermark, maybe underneath the covenant of grace, um, in healthy thriving homes, there is more and more severe dysfunction, mental illness, anxiety, depression, cutting um, than there's ever been. Anybody who's any kind of sociological observer will tell you that's increasing. We don't think uh, um, assimilating them into our regen ministry is the best place uh, to serve our high school community. And so this year, we're going to start regen for high school students, where they will be able to gather. And just so you know, um, and just so you know, here's what regeneration is. Here's the dirty little secret. I say it all the time. The healthiest people at Watermark are part of regeneration, because Jesus says, "Blessed are the poor in spirit." And when you go to regen, you're saying, "There's something in my life that I don't think." is experiencing all the flourishing that God and his kindness intends for me, and I want more of it. Regen is a discipleship ministry, not a recovery ministry. Regen just teaches you how to walk with Christ, study his word, find his healing, his hope, and his strength, okay? And so um, the world out there thinks if you're screwed up, go to Regen, they'll get you through a 12-step program, you'll get well. Well, you get well when you get to know Jesus, Yep. okay? Mm -hmm. So the dirty little secret is we're making disciples on Monday nights. And the dirty little secret is there's a lot of high school kids who don't wanna jump into high school church ministry, but they sure would love to flourish. And so we're gonna take advantage of that same idea and increase our opportunity to disciple and love kids through a high school discipleship ministry called regeneration. And so that's really, really exciting. The reason I say the healthiest people are there is because uh, I've never gone through the whole Regen program, but the things that they're learning to do at Regen, or what I do all the time. And when I do it, my life finds the hope and the healing that God intends for his people. So I, I love what we're doing there. If you have never been to Equip Disciple and you're a member of Watermark, if you've never been through Regen and you're a member of Watermark, if you've never been through Reengage and you're a member of Watermark, we could not encourage you more. Those are efforts to help you grow in your daily spiritual disciplines and in the enjoyment of Jesus Christ so you can flourish more. The precious possession of a man is diligence and we will order these are these are opportunities for you to have ordered spiritual growth in the context of biblical community. And so your community groups should go through these things together. Okay, it's not for the broken. Well, yes, it is. And that's the kind of worship that the father seeks broken and contrite hearts. You need to know. We are broken men who, apart from Christ, will do nothing but screw up our lives and yours. And I think that that puts us in a place of health because if dependence is the goal, weakness is an advantage, okay? So Dallas, we're looking back. We're so excited about our new community shepherding initiative and strategy. We're so encouraged with what's happening in the Life Initiative. We're celebrating our increased partnership with Compassion uh, where we've already seen a significant impact, not just in what's happening in El Salvador. Uh, with let compassion. Me, let me mention baptism too, that's, but, a, that's a shift. But then also we've changed our baptisms, so yeah. tell them that.
2: Yeah, absolutely, exciting to see. I think it's exciting. It, yeah. um, we, there was an annual celebration, there were sometimes semi-annual celebrations and we hated giving up our bounce houses. I know you all love that as much as we did. But um, we really felt strongly that this is something that should occur weekly yeah. and really all the time. That's what God intended. And so it's fun for us now on a weekly basis uh, you've seen some of the names, uh, one of which was my little nine-year-old granddaughter, the oldest one in our family, got baptized about two weeks ago. And so we just think that's going to be a practice that really is en- going to encourage our church family as we cont- uh, continue to celebrate what God is doing in the lives of people in our,
1: in our church family. So, um, and I was going to say, while we're here, if you're a member and you've never been baptized, there's no guilt, there's no shame. But send an email, start that process. It is one of the things that Christ calls his people to do. And so don't worry about yesterday, but if you've never been baptized, let us put your name up here. Let us celebrate you publicly proclaiming maybe what you've been doing for a long time, but make, make that step. So we'd be amiss not to no, encourage you. Totally.
0: And in fact, you might say, well, I was baptized as an infant. Yeah. Okay. The Bible talks about believers' baptism. Okay, there's a real truth real quick on if I was baptized as a baby, should I be re baptized again? Please listen to that with your community, okay? And then do what every believer has done since Christ has commanded it, which is publicly stand before others and give testimony to your inclusion in the larger body of Christ. So that's happening after every service. As you guys saw this morning, we baptized three or four people after every service. So at Dallas, we are doing that now all the time. One last thing on Dallas and then we're done. And that is that, no, we've added an amazing new um, campus uh, pastor that is causing us to serve each other better. But um, we've also brought on board Callie Nixon in order, and this is Callie's entire job description, all right? Uh, Callie's job description is Callie, it's your responsibility to make this the best place on earth to be a woman who loves Jesus Christ and to work with the other women at Watermark to make that happen. The Bible teaches what's called a complementarian understanding of, uh, of how God makes male and female to the glory of God, both equal in dignity, equal in glory, but unique in their roles. And I, I we just said, Callie, you will have succeeded if word is out that there's no better place on earth to be a woman than in God's church, where women are unleashed and deployed and celebrated and served to the glory of God. And so that's Callie's role, and we felt like, along with what Gigi's doing to equip, we could bring her to create some vision and some opportunities. There's already been some gatherings that are happening, but I just want to tell you, okay, if God is who he says he is, men and women under him ought to thrive, and so it ought to happen right here. So we brought Callie in specifically for that role to um, be the primary leader of women in order to help women be deployed and delighted the glory
2: of God. And so many places for, for women to, to get connected and use the leadership gifts that they they want to deploy for God's purposes. I love uh, what Ann Daly's doing in Regeneration for, for quite some time. Christy Shermack, who leads our Watermark Urgent Care Ministries, is frankly one of the best leaders I've ever been around. She's an extraordinary lady and doing an amazing job. And I, we could go on they're, they're throughout our church. Uh, staff and, and so this is just the, the next step in trying to care for women. There's only one
0: thinking. thing a woman can't do at Watermark, and I really mean that, and that's be a man. <laughs> and, and, um, and, and, and there's only, and other than that, let's go. Uh, and, and we knew that God was, knew what he was doing when he made you a woman. And so we don't believe in oppressive patriarchy, and we don't believe in interchangeability. We believe in mutual, mutual exaltation, subjection to one another, Male and female, husband and wife, to the glory of God.
1: And so let's go. Yeah. Let's talk about community a little bit. We've already touched on uh, the community shepherding model that that uh, Todd mentioned. We have an app that we've developed called the, well, it's just the Watermark Community App. You should go download it now uh, if you are on the iOS platform. If you're on some other platform, it's coming-ish. We're working on it. Um, but today, uh, if you're a part of the cult of Apple, <laughs> download it right now. And that's going to help you... Um, it's gonna be sort of the best and brightest each week. Uh, there'll be sermon questions. There'll be ways for you to engage your community group. And I, while, uh, while I've got the slide here, let me just remind you, if you are a community group leader, raise your hand if you're the, if you're the leader of your community group. One that's doesn't, yeah. So let me just remind you, we talk about leaders of thousands and hundreds and fifties and tens. If you're a community group leader, our heart is that you would go to bed praying for the families in your community group, that you would eat, Sleep and drink. How can I help lead these other couples or these singles uh, to the glory of God? And that's what we're calling our campus uh, shepherd, our community group shepherds to do, which is hey, now you're over three or four or five community groups, and we're asking you to put your head in the pillow at night praying for those families, those singles, <clears throat> um, that they would be all that God has called them to be. And when there's conflict, that you would step in. So if you're a community group leader, that call is the same for you as well, is that you would. Go and have the hard conversations that you would not um, you would not allow apathy to go unchecked you would not allow sin to be found in the camp you would lovingly spur one another on towards towards greater and greater faithfulness to Jesus so as a reminder if you 're a community group leader that 's the job description and if you feel like you 're at a spot in your life where you can 't um, for whatever reason adequately fulfill that, let us know and we will keep you in the community group and we 'll have somebody else be the leader to take that that um, uh, that glorious burden uh, of getting to care and shepherd. But but don't think it's about scheduling wh- whose house we're going to be at and what the snacks are going to be. It's so much more than that. You should feel a burden for the souls of those couples, if there's kids, uh, for those kids as well. And so uh, we're excited about the community shepherding model. We're hopeful to have every community group linked up with the community shepherd. That's the target. We're moving towards that quickly under John Elmore's amazing leadership. Um, he's another guy that has just... Um, has just been getting after it, one of hundreds on staff. And so uh, community, it's our middle name. It is what we need to be about. And it is hard. It is hard. And that's why we need God to raise up faithful men and faithful women to help get in the trenches and be there. So that's community.
0: It is. And I wanted to say this. You should also know there's three questions that every week you should ask each other. Yeah. Every time you gather together, there's men with the men in your group and the women, women in your group and couples when you gather together. Right, And does everybody know in your mind's eye, what are those three questions? Well, it's on the community group app, they're always there. The sermon guides, which go with every message you hear, are on the community group app. We're gonna also start having little weekly, minute or two minute, just um, words from leaders across the body that are saying, this is working for us, this might work for you. So it's an app that's gonna be constantly refreshed with material, but those three questions, you ought to know them. The six core values of community. Don't wait for our community group assessment to come alongside of you. By the way, if you're here and you didn't raise your hand when we asked if you were the leader, that's our primary point of contact. You need to know that every member of every community group is responsible for the health of that community group. And so your job is to not surprise your leader that your group isn't thriving, that you think it's not thriving, but to say, hey, I'm gonna widen the circle. I feel like we're stuck in a rut. I don't feel like we're shepherding each other. I don't feel like if we're the one location, that exists in the world this next week, but the church is going to do all that it should do. And I, I, I want to help you as a, a person who's in contact with the church. That's what the leader means. But all of us are leaders and in subjection to one another. Those six core values, you got to ask yourself, are we devoting daily as individuals? Okay, I can tell you, we know from the 4B data how, what percentage of our body is doing that. Okay, are we pursuing each other relationally? Are we living authentically? Are we admonishing faithfully? Are we counseling biblically? Are we engaging missionally? Those are the six core values. Questions, how have you been feeding your soul? Question, how have you been feeding your flesh? Question, how have you been feeding others? Every week, every day, spurring each other on with that kind of information. It's life-changing when you do that, okay? That's community. Great stuff.
1: Kind of reaching beyond watermark, we've got just a ton of stuff uh, that is going on. I'll just I'll mention one. I'll let you guys, the Institute. Yeah. Todd mentioned earlier that Blake, uh, one of the many things he does is responsible for our uh, residents and our fellows. And we've had uh, hundreds of guys and women come through that program over the years. Where we're de- uh, It's a 10-month intensive program. We're developing them in Bible theology. And how do you use that for the glory of God in ministry? It's not just to get smarter. It's how do you use God's word to effectively be a minister of the gospel? And so we've had... I mean, it's amazing the men and women that are coming out of that. Some are staying. We're bringing some on staff. Others are being deployed all over the world. And so we couldn't be more encouraged about that. Over 100 leaders
0: for the local church have been trained since we started this a few years ago. Uh, This year, Blake, the number that we're right now committed to is 34, adding to that number next year. That residence inn next to us, I pray one day will be our residence inn. (laughs) I really do. I pray that one year will be... And our goal is to equip those guys and send them out to be leaders. So, praise you go by that, r- that we can have um, an opportunity to build into the next generation of church leaders. That's the Watermark Institute's residents or college grads, fellows or twenty to fifty year olds that are looking to transition from the business world into vocational ministry. Okay, you've already heard about Watermark Urgent Care. Yeah, we talked Dee, about. You're, you're passionate about resources in general. What are you going to hit?
2: Right, I think what, one of the things you should know is everything you see on this slide, you can go to WatermarkResources.org and learn more, as much as you want to know about each of these areas of ministry. But uh, for me personally, and Tony, I think I mentioned the, the last however long Lord gives us, I, I am unbelievably excited about everything going on in Watermark Resources, and John, uh, John McGee and, and uh, Adam Tarno, and others are really doing great work, laying the groundwork for the future of Watermark Resources and what that really becomes. The elders are, are processing a lot of information to figure out the best way to manifest those things but specifically what's already happening that you should know is the church leaders conference if you haven't had a chance to stick your head into that and see what's going on when you know thousands from around the country come here our staff does an incredible job of, of really helping them understand what we already talked about that that the church is the hope of the world and we want to help you do that uh, whether it's a pastor a lay leader an elder or a staff person and they spend two and a half days here and most of them say it's the best uh two days of their year and they are going back and being redeployed in ministry elsewhere but we we want to continue to do that uh and invest in that heavily in the future and hope thousands come the, the So one, one
0: of the things that you can do on that anytime you talk to somebody who is a part of another local community tell them we want to see their churches thrive we pray for them every day My alarm goes off at 428, which is next year when the Church Leaders Conference is going to be. I'm praying for other churches, and I'm praying that God would bring teams. We want groups of people from other churches to come here to be strengthened. Last year there was 19 different countries, okay, I think churches uh, from well over 30 different states that were here as we believe that helping Jesus' church start and be strengthened everywhere that it is it's what's going to turn this country around, okay. And, and as Dean said, I hope next year you, you sign up to serve and welcome. It's, it's the most encouraging thing. It's part of what we believe our most strategic external focus ministry is, is to help other church leaders lead their people effectively. Mm-hmm. So pray with us every day at 428, okay? And It could um, be p.m. if yeah, you want. A.M. or p.m., yeah. right? And, and, and just know that that's an expression – because there is, there's renown because of what you all have done in the way you've loved and served your city. Other communities of faith are going, how come there's so much life change? How come there's so much conversion growth? How come there's so much spiritual maturity there? And they want to know. And so it's giving us a chance to help leaders understand what it means to shepherd their people. One of the ways we do that is with the Church Leaders Podcast, okay, yeah. um, every, every month. Uh, we put out several episodes, and there's a couple of thousand, three thousand plus of downloads of that a month. That is for you as well. If you don't know about the Church Leaders Podcast, I say this all the time, members, every week is a pastor's gathering. And we're, 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 if you want to hear more about the leadership of our, of our body and, and how we're thinking about leading our body and helping other churches lead, download the Church Leader Podcast. Okay? It's on iTunes, and you can listen to it every single I think it comes out every twice two, a month, every two, weeks. every two weeks. Every two weeks, and just chew it up. There's a lot of back issues, okay? But a great, great resource for you.
2: That's amazing, and we could go on and on about the various ministries. But let me highlight one that happened last week, and that's <laughs> Awaken. I mean, uh, my my heart is still beating hard for what occurred down at the convention center mm. in the city of Dallas. Uh, over about 3,400 people, young adults were gathered there that ha- had an amazing um, two and a half days with us. And and they're being sent back into their church communities really inspired that if you don't have a church community that you can plug into and serve Jesus Christ through, let's start one and let us understand how we can help you and come alongside you. And if you didn't get a chance to hear about any of this, I think they have a video that will certainly inspire you.
0: Uh, This was last weekend. I drove by the Dallas Convention Center this morning. I couldn't believe it was just a week ago we did this. But there was 47 out of 50 states, young adults, were together. Six different countries. And it was just beginning. We just kind of told people, come on, like Dean said, here's here's a highlight of what we invested in together last weekend. What you're underneath and undertake what God has for you. The church, Jesus' church, is the hope of the world. You were made for it. Quit being the victim. Quit being Generation Y. Be Generation Y, not us. Well, yeah, you can see. First of all, it looked like a big party. That's because it was when we weren't in there just giving them Jesus. Just the outline of the whole weekend was basically, uh, JP gave a message on Saturday night, that's when it started, don't wait. Um, I brought Francis Chan in because of his model right now of doing church is is smaller and, and sometimes it can be intimidating for them to hear what we're doing. And so with what Francis is doing, he, he but he talked about the sufficiency of God's word. Our friend Trip Lee came and spoke next about, hey, take whatever God's given you, no matter how broken you are, and let God use it to his glory. And then I spoke on that night about, um, just what the Lord can do with people when they begin to get together to transform and change a city and, and, and what they can do in this moment right now. And then Sunday, Monday morning was a time of repentance and confession and commitment and what I would just call solemn assembly, uh, prayer, and uh, let's go. Let's go back into the world and quit complaining about what we're underneath and undertake what God has for us. Right now, there are more millennials on earth than any other segment of people. And we want to equip them and disciple them and unleash them and start churches. I just was at a wedding this weekend in Kansas City. And I saw a bunch of 20 somethings struggling because there wasn't a church made up of people like you in their city. And the things that they celebrated as a form of life were tragic. And it just made my heart go. We've got, first of all, our young adults are killing it here. Can we just have a big amen for our young adults? Just to let you know. Fifty-six percent of our members are under the age of 35, which is what makes those of us that are older than 35 so (laughs) dag helpful because we want to show them. Listen, here's what I tell my friends that are under 30. The second you think you're more passionate about Jesus than me, you tell me because I want you to know something. This isn't a young man's – I mean, this is – God's too good for old men. He's a young man's God, but I want you to see that because I've loved him when I was young, I'm clinging to him more when I'm old, and I'm more zealous And passionate to make a difference for him now than I ever was. So when you think you're more committed to Jesus than me, wake me up. So 56% of our members, it's interesting also 50% of our members starting attending Watermark less than five years ago, right? Um, And then also 25% of the members that are joining Watermark have come out of that unchurched community, that they weren't a part of anything else. The members of Watermark across the board uh, never had a relationship with Christ anymore.
1: Yeah, can I let me just double click on one thing yeah. there? De- on that less than five years, 33% have been here less than three years. And just for, as a reminder, for those of us that, have, that are on that plus five year spectrum, uh, sometimes we can forget yeah. um, how crazy some of the things that God calls a fully devoted follower of Christ to do. And and so uh, when we see people coming in, remember, they, they were like sheep without a shepherd. And then God got a hold of them and, through whatever reasons, we'll talk about in a sec why people come here. And so we need to make sure that we are patient and know that you may have people in your community groups that are in that under three years, and they've not had a chance to hear all the teaching and all the discipling, and they've not been around people that are running four-minute miles. And it can be hard, and we got to be patient. we got to grow them up into mature men and women who love and follow Jesus. And so don't. we are cr- incredibly encouraged at the youth of our body and how many folks are coming in here daily? But that has with it some challenges, and it gives us a chance to show the kindness and the patience and the tolerance of God as you walk with Him. But also, the really high bar that Jesus sets, and we're knee deep in it right now in the Sermon of the Mount um, to be a fully devoted follower of Christ. So yeah, let's keep going. Yeah, no, please. Yeah, this is uh,
0: anything else in that slide we want to hit Mm-mm. specifically. All right. The uh, next thing is this is basically why why people come to Watermark. Look at the very first one.
1: Personal invitations. Somebody wants them to come. You are inviting them. People, this is a big place. It can be really intimidating. You know where your kids need to go. You know how to print tags out. Um, You know what time the service starts. You know what to wear. But people that don't come here, they drive by, and it's a big, intimidating building. But they come because you're leveraging your relationship at work, in your neighborhood, your kids' sports teams, uh, your glee club, whatever else you're doing. And so... Then you should be incredibly encouraged that, that people are coming because you're asking them to come.
2: Yeah. And the other one is out, out of felt need. There, there are mid, midweek in, uh, ministry opportunities, as you know, throughout uh, the week that are reaching out to people that, that in every different kind of stage of life and sin pattern and issue. And so um, that's the other reason that they connect with us. They have a felt need that, that is being met here. And we just want to say thank you again to all of you who serve so so faithfully in all these ministries that are going on throughout the week. Uh, Todd mentioned Tony and I get the chance to serve and in, in re-engage and just love what's going on to, to see marriages flourish in our city.
0: We, we don't, guys, the last thing we ever wanna do is have you come to Watermark. We want you to be Watermark with us and we think you are. Your pronouns matter. This is not our church. We didn't die for the sins of the world. Jesus did. We are a member of one another we are the body of Christ. When we when you hear watermark is doing this this year, here Jesus is doing that this year. Okay? And we are his hands and feet. And so when you sit next to people, play the host. You don't go here, right? You don't go to gang, you are the gang. And um, and so every single one of us has has got to take that sense of Jesus's Um, heart is being made manifest in the way that I love this person next to me. Jesus Church is growing this week because I'm feeding my soul, not feeding my flesh, and I'm feeding others. Mm -hmm. So together, gang, we are allowing ourselves to um, complete what is lacking in the sufferings of Jesus Christ. That's Paul's words in Colossians, which specifically means Jesus isn't here physically other than he's in his spirit is here, and in us, and we are his hands and feet. And so we invite him to come and hear us declare the greatness of our God and to watch God change lives. But some of these people are young. They're baby believers. And so you teach them how to work through conflict. You teach them how to walk uh, in maturity and to love one another. And just let them know you're going to be more passionate than they are because you know more of God than they do. So let's go. Other a couple of stats?
2: This this whole whole evening has been about what we want to celebrate with each of you. And so three specific things I want to add to that list. One, this is amazing. 81% of the married members have attended either merge, foundation groups, or re-engage. 81%. And uh, we just want that to continue to grow. One of the original um, big audacious goals that I think uh, Kadersha one originally that had this in mind. We wanted to see five percent of all the uh, marriages that happen in Dallas County come through uh, merge. And we blew through that five percent, I think, several years ago. And now the target is 10. And we're actually approaching that. Think about that. Ten percent of the people who get married in Dallas County uh, are coming through merge because of what you guys are doing here at And so there's amazing things that are happening all over. But the other thing I want to just point out is 30% of the members have been through regeneration. Todd talked about it earlier. Those are the healthiest people in our church. That's what we always say. Regeneration is not a ministry for the broken. It's a ministry for those who really want to get well with Jesus. They want to understand. They want to know him, the power of his name, his resurrection, and to live in the victory of that. 30% of the members have done that. And then finally, Watermark members... Uh, this is amazing. Watermark members were born in 69 different countries. Um, it, it's just incredible to think what God continues to do in terms of the extension of p- people that come here, come to Christ, or maybe even uh, were already abiding with Christ and in a relationship that were grown and they're being redeployed other places. Um, you might share a little bit about what's going on uh, up north at uh, the campus and our connection to, to the campus up north in Plano.
0: Oh, we're just uh, talking about like ISI. Oh, ISI. Yeah. So just, you know, you heard a little bit this morning with um, about how we're working with international students. Dallas is the largest settlement immigration city in our country, and then we and and UTD is the eighth largest campus in the country with international students attending it. And uh, 25 percent of all international students that come for four years to get a college education never step set foot inside the home of an American. Well, I hope that all of them do, and I hope the, the home they step in is a home where there are Christ followers, not Americans, where they can hear the gospel, that can be a means to which they can go back as cultural influence and change their country. So um, 69 are members, 69 different countries are members, over almost like 90 attend here. So we have a chance to change the world without ever leaving here, but only to the level that we ourselves have been changed. A Couple other quick highlights just from the 4B data. Um, you know, 29% of our members, right, I'm going to say it this way, that as a pastor and as a friend of yours, I want to see elevated, um, 29% of our members say they don't spend time in the Word at least four times a week. So the positive side of that is 71% say at least four times a week, I'm daily personally in the Word. These are members, which means if they're in community with you, you're not asking the question, how do you feeding your soul very much? Okay, so we can drive that number up just by executing on the thing that we say we're doing all the time. Okay, um, 83% of our members said they grew spiritually in a significant way uh, last year. That's a problem. Because that means 17% didn't. Probably because they're in community groups that aren't functioning as healthy communities. And so that's why it's our number one goal all the time to make every location a place where more of Jesus is experienced through his word and prayer and fellowship, admonishment, encouragement, and um, patience. Okay, so um, let's just jump to the next slide. Those are just some of the stats that are related to things that we saw in the four yeah, B. I got Do, this do one. the financial.
2: So again, when you talk about all that we're celebrating, we what we and you get to money, it, you can always kind of go. Wah, wah. You know, the reality is that uh, every single cent that you deploy for God's purposes is, is a missions budget. That has been the case since we, um, got decided to do this work over 19 years ago. And so when you see these dollars, you can see the t- drop down at the bottom, our, our total annual budget is 31 million, just north of that, you know, it, that rolls off my tongue pretty easily. It's stunning. It's stunning to think what you are um, in your obedience, in your worship to the Lord are investing in this mission. And and that money is being unbelievably well stewarded by our staff, the entire church family. It, we're just grateful. So you can see where a lot of it goes: 19 million, 19.3 million to staff, facilities and operations. That's all for campus. The 6.6 million dollars, the ministry partners is 1.1 million, and then other ministry costs midweek through Sunday is the 3.9, totaling the 31. The second side, the right hand side of that, is just um, we have an amazing team that's always vetting new ministry strategies. You bring some of them to us. uh, You say, hey, this is somebody I've known that we think is doing really great work. Would you help me vet them? Can we partner with them uh, to reach the lost and and encourage folks in our community? And that's what's happening on the right-hand side. Uh, Jeff Ward and his team do an amazing job. Ryan Wall's very involved in that. Of really vetting these opportunities for ours for us, so we steward these resources effectively that you you deploy. And so the 2.7 million dollars is just what I call co-investments in ministry strategies that the church is yeah, some of our involved. trusted
0: partners. And, and and so there's so much uh, more detail of this, but I will just let you know by the grace of God, our fiscal year ends June 30th. Uh, it looks like you know we are trending to where we're gonna have um, everything necessary, our expenses be low and our, our um, what we've invested together uh, is gonna cover that this year and that's as we head into next year. L- let me correct one thing.
2: The, you said the expenses are low. He just means we're operating under budget. Yeah. Um, you. you don't look at those you don't look at those numbers and go our expenses are low. Yeah. Uh, but we are that's right. we are good stewards. Good that's what we want you to know. We work tirelessly to make sure your dollars are, are uh, expended really, really wisely we pray
1: we we pray constantly for wisdom, and you can pray as well, for wisdom on how to steward these dollars. Mm-hmm. To the glory of God, not the exaltation of the W, not the exaltation of anybody up here, but for God's kingdom to be expanded in our neighborhood, in our work, in our city, and globally.
0: So, uh, you know, one of the things that's just not fun ever to talk about, right, is facilities and things like that. But I, I want to tell you, every time um, I walk in this building or go to the Plano campus or Frisco campus, I mean, you know, Fort Worth campus, and, see the money that we have every week to, to rent the Frisco High School I, I, and the office space that we're we'll going have them do midweek ministries. I just wanna tell you, I, I, I walk in here and I thank God for people who gave uh, in addition to that number to give us this asset that we as his people can steward. And I pray that God just blesses you every time you see disciples made and every time uh, you see people being served in this facility. And I pray that God resupplies you and that we invest again. And we have opportunities to do more and more of this for his glory. Because, um, as we said before, I mean, this whole thing was either a colossal mistake or the greatest investment we've ever made. And because of you, it's an amazing investment. And so thank you. Thank those of you that are giving. We pray that you would give cheerfully. We pray that you would see Jesus being glorified. And we pray that God would resupply you so you invest even more in his kingdom work with us. And so just uh, uh, well done. Other believers are noticing you. And it's giving us an opportunity to to encourage them, equip them, challenge them, and confront them on what they're not doing. And uh, we're investing more and more resources missionally, not just in our local friends' neighborhood and work and city, but in our world, okay? And we believe church planning and church strengthening is a big part of your legacy. But our ball is squarely on our Jerusalem. And the day we stop being and making disciples, is the day we need to repent. And so that's how we wanted to end our evening. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, we,
2: we we're gonna have some time
0: for prayer. That's it. Yeah. So we rather than do q and A, Q&A, you know, we're here every week. I stand down here till no one wants to visit with me. Uh, and Dean and Dave and the services that they're here, and Bo and Boo do the same thing in their other, you know, on the Plano campus. And the campus shepherds are there. And we'll stay here tonight. Anybody wants to visit about any particular thing. But we thought for the next. 15 minutes that we would just circle up in groups and we would pray. We'd pray for our body, that we would be um, doers of the word and not merely hearers who would do it ourselves. that we would devote ourselves more to Jesus so that an overflow of our relationship with him is what spills out in our families. Pray for me as I teach next week on Matthew 5, 31 and 32 about Jesus' view of marriage and divorce. Pray for marriages in this church, that we would... Um, love one another in a way that helps people know that there's something supernatural happening here. Pray for single moms, single dads. Pray for kids without parents. Pray for our mentoring community. Pray for the foster care community in this town. Pray that more members would rise up and be foster care families. Pray for respite care families supporting the foster care families in our church. Pray that the Word of God would never be compromised. Pray that women would flourish for the glory of God in this community. Pray that we would be bold and zealous in sharing our faith. 6% of our membership said they didn't share Christ one time last year. Pray that they would repent and that we could encourage them and equip them. And the other 94% whether we would share our, our faith even more. All right. So we're going to pray and then we're going to close it up um, in just a moment uh, with a song collectively together. It's kind of our doxology, okay, we've been singing it here since day one, it's called Give Me One Pure and Holy Passion, and that's how we'll close corporately together in 15 minutes, and then we'll stand and visit with anybody uh, who would like to, and uh, Dean would like to personally hug every single one of you uh, before he leaves tonight, as his going away gift to you. Um, bro hugs and side hugs, mostly. Um, but let's pray, yeah. and then we'll close in just a moment. Let's turn to one another and pray. Would you, uh, y'all, let me close just in prayer? And I, I'm I'm going to get on my knees, and I want to tell you again: I, I, my family loves this body. My kids love Jesus because of you. They've seen you care, not be churchgoers, but be Christ followers. They see the difference you've made in this city, and they want to make a difference because they've seen you do it. They've seen you sacrifice and put together a place that reflects the goodness of our God and the warmth that being welcomed into his, his place is and that you inhabit it. And uh, I just am so grateful that this is my family of God, like mine, that like I'm a part of. And I thank you. And I thank you for your way you pray for us in the role that we're in. One of the things we prayed for, I know there are, are men out there that could lead every bit as well and better than the men that are leading And we pray for you and thank you for your humility. We think we'll work for you in heaven. And all we want to do is just uh, not, we don't want to choke the kindness of God to you. And so as you pray for us, pray that we would love him, we'd be humble and we would serve you and set you up so you'll hear well done, good and faithful servant. But it is a privilege to be your brother in Christ. And we are in the middle of something that I I think pleases our Father, but I know there's more that we can do. I just always know there is, and we want that more. So Father, I thank you for my friends that your grace has worked in their life, and that we love to sing songs that remind us of who you are and the blessing of knowing you and that you're rich in love great in mercy. We love to sing songs to talk about how we want to know more of you and not be um, infatuated with this world that compared to you is empty, pale, and poor. And as the psalmist said, nothing um, exists in a glorious way. Everything becomes shadows in the light of you, the psalmist says. And so, Lord, I thank you for my friends that, that helped me and remind me and spur me on keep my mind focused on the things above. Lord, there's so much here that is of you, and we know there could be more. And so, Lord, would you come? Would you um, more fully be expressed in our life? Thank you that we lack nothing, that we have everything pertaining to life and godliness, that in Jesus we have every spiritual blessing. And we are sure, because we are men, we are women, in our flesh that we are quenching and grieving your spirit somehow, and we repent of those things. Make us more generous in our words, more generous in our love. Make us more generous with our hands. Make us more generous with the resources that you've stirred in us. Use us, Father, to help our brothers and sisters to be experiencing more of what you want for them would you protect us Lord it is a miracle that there's not more gross sin that has overtaken us and we know that the enemy wants to sift us like wheat but we pray Father that you would lead us not into temptation would you deliver us from the evil one we pray for protection on this place and on these people but Father if tragedy befalls us make us ready strengthen us But Lord, would you guard this city? The watchman stays awake in vain unless you guard this place. And Lord, we know we labor in vain unless you build it. We are humbled to be your people. Increase our love for one another. Use your words from the Sermon on the Mount to make us more of what you want us to be. Help us to fight for that which is glorifying to you, our Father God. And we thank you for the grace that covers all our inefficiencies. But Lord, let us not sin more that grace might increase. Let us consider ourselves dead to sin. And I thank you for the gifted people of this body. The way they're stewarding their gifts for your glory. The way they do it so humbly. The way nobody knows their name. And they do it with joy because you are not so unkind, Father to forget the love that, you have, that they have shown towards your name and having ministered to and still ministering to the saints. Thank you for the, the people that week after week serve and nobody sees but you see. Strengthen them. Increase their passion so that you can increase their reward so they can lay it at your feet and have great joy in that moment of judgment. Would you help us to disciple the next generation so they who inherit our work would do more than we have done Lord let us not be people that compromise let us be your church let others see our good works and let them glorify you our father in heaven we love you Jesus thank you for my family and the way they love me and spur me on all right father let us not grow weary now in doing good, for in due time we know we'll reap if we don't grow weary. Give us one pure and holy passion in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week of worship with me, huh?